Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier. Join me as uh, join with me as always. We got BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Reader blog theprovincecrier.com. Um, today is, I think we're going to drop this today, BLC. So, uh, Saturday, January 29th, we are recording, um, in the blizzard. It's been a snow filled day and, you know, BOC and I couldn't have had more opposite of days. Um, BLC, you, you, you can explain your routine here, but for me, I basically, I just woke up, uh, you know, had some breakfast, made like a coffee cocktail type deal, and I've just been hanging out in my robe all day watching basketball and drinking beers. Um, what have you been doing? So um, I've had a quite a different day. Um, I live in the Jersey Shore, and the Jersey Shore got crushed by a blizzard today. So I woke up at like 7.30, went out and shoveled round one. So I'm a big proponent of multiple shoveling sessions, not one big one because then it becomes too laborsome. So I've done three shoveling sessions and uh, went for a long run on the treadmill to actually watch the first half of this Big East game, Xavier Creighton, which first half is completely different than the second half, which is crazy. It shows how nuts the Big East is. Um, but now I can settle in, have some beers myself, and watch Big East basketball the rest of the day. It's a, it's a great – it's going to be a great evening. Yeah, not not a bad thing at all. Um, yeah, meanwhile, I've just been eating pop tarts and drinking beer, uh, and yeah, doing what you're about to be doing. Uh, just watching hoops so far. Um, so, BOC, today is a big day, um, and you texted me before we started recording here, saying that you did not want to talk about this topic, but you got to understand as as a guy from Jersey, and first of all, you're a Cowboy fan anyway, so it doesn't really matter um, per se. You really haven't had your run-ins with the guy. Um, but, and you also got to realize, despite the Providence student body being a ton of people from Jersey in New York and, you know, all those states, um, you know, there's a big contingent of Friar fans that are either mass holes or, or from New England. And we support the Patriots. And today, Tom Brady has announced his retirement after 22 seasons in the NFL, 20 with the New England Patriots, seven Super Bowls overall, six with the Patriots, might I add. Uh, hell of a career for Tom Brady. 
I, I poured one out for him earlier today on my touchdown beer downs. But uh, yeah, man, what a career. Can, can you comment on the greatness of Tom Brady? Yeah, I will comment on, you know, it's the Tom Brady way featuring the New England Patriots. I think the Patriots as an organization were lucky to have Tom Brady. They'll go back to mediocrity pretty quickly. Um, just shown by the fact he goes to another organization and he wins a Super Bowl immediately. So Brady, one of the most clutch quarterbacks ever. Uh, I like that. He, I like that. I do like, I think he could have played probably, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, like Brady is one of the best quarterbacks ever. Brady and Belichick, best tandem ever. Uh, so I'll give him that. But I like that. He, he probably could have played another three or four years knowing Brady at like a pretty high level, but I like that he's going out now. Like no need to continue to lengthen the career. Um, Obviously, a surefire. Yeah, do you think he, you think he pulls a Jordan and comes back? Because uh, Fox Sports had like it's pretty funny. Like yesterday, <laughs> I believe it was CBS had a report that you know retirement imminent. Um, Fox had the same report, but said could come back in like two or three years. Do you see him doing that? No, no. The thing that like the thing like he's so methodical with his approach to his career, his professional athletic career that like. He had a quote that was really telling a couple weeks ago that was like, listen, I need to like go into the next phase of my life, like be a good father and good parent. And I think like, you know, as an elite NFL quarterback and one of the best ever, he probably, he probably, uh, you know, pushed that aside a bit. And I think he is ready for that next stage of his life and have more of like a traditional family. Um, so I think timing's right. Like, I think he proved what he wanted to prove winning a Super Bowl without uh, Belichick. And I think after that, this year was just like, you know, the cream on top. So um, I don't think he'll come back. And if he does come back, how old is he going to be, like 48? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have a few theories. One, you know, Thomas said the family thing the last, I don't know, like six, seven years. So, I mean, it's definitely a factor for him. I'm not going to say it's not. But I personally think, things eroded in Tampa pretty quickly. Um, you know, last year they, they win the Super Bowl in his first go-round. Brady loves Arians. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think, you know, I don't think he was happy with the way the A-B situation was handled. Then, I mean, of course, A-B comes out and kind of bashes Tom after that. So, like, maybe, you know, now he's soured on A-B. But A-B was his guy. Um, my my favorite tinfoil hat conspiracy theory is that remember remember the Vontez Burfitt hit against AB? Yes. They said that, 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 that knocked him into being a concussed lunatic person. Like that's the theory. Like he was, I, they said he was I, a completely I, I totally insane person. That. Yeah, that's like my uh, favorite NFL theory ever. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm kind of an AB guy though. I, I think AB, although he's a nut. I think he was onto something about Arians, like forcing guys to play through injury. I mean, I think it happens throughout the NFL, but like you saw it with Tristan Wirtz in, in the, in the first round Walker game, like he gets hurt and Arians sends him right back out there. And he like, he looked looked terrible. Oh my, I felt bad for him. So did I. So I, my theory is Brady's relationship with the Bucks is eroded to the point where he's like, you know what? I'm going to retire. And here's how I do it. I retire. I wait and see, okay, is Mahomes, does Mahomes win this year? Is he going to be in it next year? You start to think about that stuff. And you know Tom Brady's going to keep his body, like, up and run. Like, TP12 is now his business. So, like, 
he's going to be in the same Tom Brady pliability shape. So I think if these guys start creeping up towards him, he's going to come back to where yeah. I have no idea. Uh, maybe New England's ruined at this point, but um, but I don't know. My theory is that he comes back. But regardless, a great career for Tom Brady. And it, it's great to hear. It's funny how the narrative's changed on Brady from out, people outside of New England. Like ever since he went to Tampa and won with Tampa, now everyone just agrees that he's clutch and all this. He's also very. He's also one of the luckiest quarterbacks of all time. Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Hey, that that fits in with us, right? Uh, the luck, right? Yeah. 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 Luck. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good for us. Good for him. No, but yeah, dude, there like, you go. no, like you could so, say, like, hey, Kate, would Ken Palm rank him number one in luck of his like QB metrics? <laughs> yeah, and like, um, I'm trying to think, like, who would be who would be the who would be the friars for NFL quarterbacks? Where like they produce, but it's just ugly. Would it be Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, all he does is win, but the stats are—he's <laughs> just been winning. The, me- yeah, the metrics hate him. I mean, that's tough because I hate Jimmy G. Uh, well, I don't—I shouldn't say I hate Jimmy G. I just don't think he's very good. Um, but uh, but yeah, you can't argue with the, with his record. You gotta look at the scoreboard. But yes, I, I'm glad we talked about this. BSC. See, this wasn't so bad. This wasn't yeah, now so bad. Can, now can we go back to talking about the Friars? We're, we're done with Brady. Yeah, of course. Um, so I think the way we're going to do this episode, uh, we'll, we'll talk some Biggie stuff. We'll talk some Friar themes. And then we'll take a break and uh, preview the Marquette game. Um, so BLC, I, I think where I'm going to start right now would be what the what's going on in the Big East as we speak. Um, you mm-hmm. rep, you alluded to it earlier. The Creighton Savior game has been insane, dude. I was ready. So you had to shovel again. So we we delayed recording here. But I was ready to be like BOC. Are you sure you think Xavier is going to be all right? Because Xavier found themselves down thirty six nineteen at halftime in this game in Omaha. And then I believe they said the second half on a 19-0 run. They're about to win the game. They're up 11 at the line with 22.9 seconds left. Um, it just, but dude, it just, it just goes to show like, like how we talked about when our teams aren't hitting threes, it's really tough to have offense. And the second half, all they did was light it up from deep and they miraculously look like an amazing team right now. Um, you know, Nate Johnson is an assassin. I think he hit five threes in the second half or something like that. Um, once you hit once, and that's why, like, we're doing well right now without A.J. Reeves. Once Reeves comes back and hope, hopefully there's not, not too much rust, he's another three-point option, and it makes our offense that much more lethal. So the three ball is a great way to uh, cut into a deficit like Xavier did, and it's good to see them bounce back. And selfishly, it's, you know, we're still in the thick of Big E's play, but seeing um, – Xavier go five and four and then creating four and four. That's better for us when it comes to seeding in the big East. I agree. Um, so other action, Butler defeated Georgetown at home, 56, 53 Georgetown's now lost eight straight, I believe. Um, some action later today, at least from, from now as we record here, St. John's at Nova four thirty. Johnny's looking to, to, carry over that momentum from the St. John's game the, mm-hmm. in Walsh gym where uh, Willard liked to complain about 
his own fans. Uh, <laughs> later tonight, you got t- number 20, UConn, at DePaul. They're eight and a half point favorites. BLC, did you hear this? Have you heard this? Javon Freeman Liberty might not go in this one. <laughs> oh, really? That's it. Does, that, does that mean the game doesn't count? By the I, way, all right, I don't know. All right, I'm, all right, I'm diving on. in here. I'm diving in. Dive in. UConn playing tonight against Freeman Liberty. It would be poetic justice if they lost to DePaul without Freeman Liberty. They they beat Auburn without one of their starters. They also beat they also beat Marquette without Daryl Morsell, who is yes. the absolute leader on that team, and also he produces. So like, what what one? It's hilarious that UConn fans like they won't stop thinking about us. It's like that jealous ex girlfriend. Like just get over us. Like focus on yourself. Better yourself. Forget about the priors. They just can't wrap their minds around it. Like they come back to the Big East and they're not waltzing to the top. And no, you know, we are. They, yeah, they, I know. They it's, it, I, I I was I was with a I was with a Villanova buddy last night, and I did. I will admit they're coming, dude. They, they're recruiting oh, classes. They're stacking classes. They're coming, and they're going to come sooner rather than later. So, but that's not happening right now. And so, you say we're lucky. Say whatever you want. It's not like Providence is calling the Big East and saying, "Hey, please cancel this." The Big East is canceling these games. It's, there's nothing we can do. So play the hand that you're dealt. And we've said this time and time again. You don't hear, you don't hear the Friars complain about that. So if anything, they're buying in now, which after the Xavier game when they're like, oh, we're so lucky, we defy, defy analytics. That made me think this team is just built a little bit different mentally. Like they're, they're tuned in on the narrative. And anytime you have a team that's playing with a chip on their shoulder and feeling like they're disrespected, that's a very, very scary team to play, especially when that team is talented. Yeah, um, just before we get into the absolute war that occurred on Friday, was it Thursday or I think it was Friday on Twitter, absolute war. We'll get to that in a moment. But, yeah, I just want to point that out one more time. I want to reiterate this one more time so people understand. Yes, the Providence Friars have went on the road and beat Wisconsin early in the year without Johnny Davis. BOC and I – even talked about when it happened. We were like, yeah, nobody's going to remember that uh, Johnny Davis was missing unless he becomes a national player of the year candidate. Then Dude, okay. when, when we kind played him. I, I think we're responsible for Johnny Davis's emergence. But yeah, hey. yeah, the crier, the crier bump. But dude, the, when the we played him, it was, it, dude, he was averaging 14 a game. It wasn't like he was already averaging like 21, 22, like, like, no. which he, I think he's close to now. Like, um, he's a good player and he just exp- continues to explode. So yeah, we have a little bit of egg on our face, but dude, we were on the road. We beat a Wisconsin team on the road without who cares. Yeah. And I think it was, I think it's early enough where you can actually be like, if he played, would it have even like, would it have changed the outcome? I, I think certainly, yes, you could say Wisconsin would have beaten Providence if they had a healthy Johnny Davis, but also I don't think you can just say that, that that's the absolute and that's what would have happened because it's, Again, like you said, 14 points a game um, earlier, but going into that game, he wasn't lighting it up like he is now. Who knows what he does in that game? And, you know, Mania would have been on him. So, honestly, who knows? But, okay, but back to the point at hand here. So, for people keeping score, Providence beats Wisconsin early in the year without Giants. National player of the year. Providence Beats UConn on the road. Once again, on the road. I think you guys stressed that, but nobody wants to listen to that. Um, 
no Adama Sonogo for, for UConn, but they had everyone else. They had everyone else. Um, and then Seton Hall, down to seven pl- players. Woe is me, Willard, in the Seton Hall Pirates. We beat them at home by five. Um, no, no Tyree Samuel, no E.K. Obiagu. Since their return, the Pirates are two and four. And, and Tyree Samuel's been playing terrible. E.K. Obiagu is kind of the guy that we all know he is, like play 18 minutes, get a bunch of blocks, get some rebounds. That's about it. Uh, so that's Providence's side. Now UConn, UConn beats an Auburn team early before Auburn is actually Auburn, mind you, before they're the number one team in the country. Uh, so they beat them without Flanagan, who starts for Auburn. He's not an Adamas Nogo. He is not a Johnny Davis, but he's a starter. All right. UConn beats Marquette without Morsell. Like you said, the leader, the catalyst of that team, a very good player, a defensive stalwart. So they beat them without him. Now, this game hasn't happened yet. And honestly, I kind of wish we were recording during the UConn game. But uh, we aren't. We'll, we'll get this thing out pretty quickly, I think. But if they win this game and there's no Javon Freeman Liberty, J- Javon Freeman Liberty, by far the best player on Marquette, one of the best players in the Big East. So if you stack up those three, so say if UConn wins tonight and he doesn't play, I think that's close to equal. And yet no yeah. one wants to talk about that. Everyone just wants to talk about Providence being lucky. Which, yeah, but dude, you know what's so funny? Like, we haven't like when we um, when we lost to Marquette, when we got our doors blown off, we weren't like, oh man, well AJ Reeves was out. This doesn't count. Like, yeah, we joke about it. Just play, dude. And yeah. did we? Did, were we full strength against Virginia or no? No, if you remember, Reeves got sick and played like five minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like. I don't know. Everybody's got issues right now on their team, whether it's personnel, COVID, just injury, you know, everybody's got problems. Just play, just play with your team and just roll with it. Like enough of the excuses. And it's annoying that it's coming from like national media members too, because in my eyes, you just lose legitimacy as a reporter. And I don't know, maybe that's the way they want to be perceived, but I wouldn't want to be perceived like that professionally. Yeah, no, totally. So here we are. Um, the news breaks out from Kevin McNamara literally starts a Twitter fire, like a Twitter war uh, by announce by having Stu Jackson on his show, associate commish of the big East. And he said, there's really no path to Providence rescheduling any of the three co- uh, canceled COVID games. Um, so unless another team went on pause, that would really be the only opportunity. And obviously we don't want to see that. So so Providence won't play those games. They got nine games left. Um, and that caused Seton Hall fans, UConn fans, even Creighton fans, the nicest people on the planet, to start just start a war. And I was in the trenches, BRC. I was in the trenches all day on Friday. I, I don't know. It barely worked. Because <laughs> I'm just in the trenches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But it's just ridiculous. And you got Doster, Rob Doster of uh, Field 68. Yeah. Good pals with Goodman. 
literally tells me on Friday, like I never once said anything bad about Providence. Then literally, I think hours after that, just started his rampage of trolling the Friars incessantly. So here we are. Like, how did we get here? I, I just don't get it. This team is 17 and two. This team has beaten who's been in front of them. They've gone on the road and have had plenty of gutsy wins. At some point, you just got to give these guys credit. And you know what? If if they want to call us lucky at this point, I'm just ready to buy into the joke that is the narrative. And that's why, if you saw, we were announcing that we're going to have some crier swag. Uh, We're making shirts. This is our trial run. Now, I want to give a quick update. So I made the order. And I tweeted, I tweeted out because I thought, okay, I made the order. Here we go. The shirts are coming. And by the way, let me let me take a step back. Did you put any Providence logos or anything on there? No, right? No. So we on the shirt, it says luckiest team in America. It has the Crier logo, which is a photo of Friar Dom photoshopped. But I mean, it's just a photo of Friar Dom photoshopped. I mean, the logo is mine. The site's mine. Ours, I should say. Because at this point, you you you've proven your worth over over the past few years, BOC. Congratulations! Oh, thank thank you, sir. I feel so honored. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's what's on the shirt. Yet, yeah, Customman came back to me saying I need approval from Providence. Which, honestly, I was upset at the time. I've thought about it. I get it. They're covering their ass. So now I'm currently speaking with marketing in Providence to see if they can give us approval for these shirts. Hopefully they do. Um, we'll give you an update, but hopefully we get those shirts out. We bought a limited supply. We bought 50. Again, this is a trial run, but it seems like there is some interest in the shirts. So we'll have more for you on the blog. We're going to put up a team store once we officially know that we will be getting the shirts again, fingers crossed, but, uh, We'll put that up there and we'll start selling them. And who knows if it goes well, we'll, we'll get some more prior gear out there. But Dude, it'd be, it'd be so one, it'd be so I have my gripes with the Providence athletic department or more so the merchandise aspect, the merchandise aspect. All right. So it'd be so Providence to not buy into this lucky narrative and they would sell a million shirts in house. If they decided to do that million being hyper uh, hyperbolic statement, but you know what I mean? They would do well. So we come up with the idea and um, not only are they saying we might not be able to sell them because we're using a logo, they might not let us do that, which would be helpful to the athletic department. Mike, I know what you're reading right now. Yeah. So we might have to cut the first part. No, we don't have to. Uh, there's rumors that he's not retiring. Uh, yeah, I don't have He's pulling Brett Favre on us now, but we shall well, see. Well, let's, let's hope he doesn't go full Brett Favre, if you know what I mean. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully, we can get those shirts out. Hopefully, Providence Department gets back to us and says, hey, great idea. Let's move forward, and we'll get them out to everybody that wants them. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, anything else we missed on? No, right? I think, I think we're good. All right. So, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we will then preview Providence's big game against number 22, Marquette. The game should be today, but it's going to be tomorrow at 1230 on Fox Sports 1. We'll get your preview, but first, a quick word from our sponsors at Anchor. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. All right, BOC, huge game 
in the 401 on Sunday. Province, number 17 right now, taking on number 22, Marquette. Um, Marquette, hottest team in college hoops right now. Besides Auburn. Besides Auburn, yeah, sure. But, I mean, I, I think you can maybe argue Providence or Marquette, but no. Um, so, Marquette coming to town. Game was supposed to be Saturday. Got pushed back with the blizzard. Um, I'll have boots on the ground on Sunday, 1230, FS1. Um, hopefully, he's got plow the driveway. and We'll be all good. You should probably invest in a plow, BOC. <laughs> no, I, I actually – it's so weird. I, I love shoveling. It's like my favorite chore to do. You're going to be like freaking Larry Bird, dude. Throw out your back and then be ruined. <laughs> I'm already ruined. I'm, I'm washed up athletically. My prime has passed me. All right. Well, um, so, you know, Marquette's on fire right now. Seven-game win streak, which started with Providence making the trip to Milwaukee. Absolutely laying the smackdown on the Friars. They win by 32 points going away. Um, I have started to write the preview article. We'll get that out probably around when we get this out. Um, But what are your early thoughts on how PC can get some revenge here in the return game? So I think it's, it's really simple. Um, They're a great team. It's going to be a battle, but Marquette beat us the first game because they just wanted it more. They were hungrier. They got a lot of second chance opportunities. They just played with more of an egg, which is really rare for Providence, especially this year. So I think what Providence needs to do is they need to come out with an edge and come out with a little bit of a, you know, play with a little aggression um, because Marquette's going to do that to us, you know, led by like more sell. And we need to match that because they did that to us in the first game. And we just very, it's, it was an anomaly for this year, but we kind of wilted. So we come out strong, we play hard, play good defense, and I like our chances. Um, the thing I'm really curious to see, which is why Marquette's such a tough matchup, is who does our defensive stopper, Manaya, guard? Does he guard Does he guard Lewis? Does he guard Morcell? I don't know. I, I probably would put him on Lewis. Um, but then Morcell, Morcell has, has the ability to exploit us. So they're a really tough matchup. Um, they have a good point guard in Kolek. We've talked about that. They have a good big man who dominated us first game. So, I don't know. What do you think? So, it's interesting. The first thing I wrote as a key to the game, um, I still got to finish the article, but was to get off to a fast start. Um, Providence. And I know that's typically something you want to see on the road, right? Like, you're not typically thinking that as a key to the game for a home game. But you look at Providence this year, they've shown uh, – a great ability to start out fast, build a lead, and then, um, you know, hold on to that lead. That wasn't the case, Marquette. Uh, Providence found themselves down 20-6 to six right out of the gate. Um, you know, like we said, they end up getting blown out by 32 points. So I think it's imperative for the Friars to get off to a quick start, get the crowd into the game. Um Ooh, they're, they're doing a little preview here as we're recording during halftime of uh, of the game we're watching. Or no, excuse me, at the conclusion of the Xavier game. But um, anyways, uh, I think they need to start off to a fast start. Another thing that I definitely feel like needs to happen 
And I actually, I watched John Fanta and Vin Parisi's weather update video that, that Fanta posted. They'll be on the call, FS1. Um, Vin Parisi said the pick and roll defense was a huge problem. And, and I wrote about that uh, or tweeted about it or whatever. Pick and roll defense is going to be huge in this one. Like they ate us alive in the pick and roll. Yep. Um, and the good news is I heard that today's practice, they've been exclusively working on pick and roll defense. So hopefully that shows because um, they got to clean up. And that was just a disaster. Um, Marquette just got in a groove. They're hitting shots. And with the pick and roll, it was like, we didn't know what to do. Like, do we defend the rolling man? Do we keep our, uh, our guy on Kolik? Or, and that was just trouble throughout. So, yeah. I think those are the two biggest things for the Friars. Um, another thing would be the status of AJ Reeves, right? Um, he practiced today, I believe. I think he practiced Friday. So I would think indications are we're getting close here. What do you think? Do you think he gives it a go? I think he'll give it a go, but if he does, he'll only get like spot minutes unless he just comes out like guns blazing. I think realistically he either doesn't play or if he does play it'll be like 10 to 15 minutes just to get him into the flow because there's a difference between being in you know basketball shape and in-game basketball shape and I don't you know he hasn't played in a while so there's there's definitely a difference there so Cooley will uh, give him you know limited minutes I would think um, the thing I'm also thinking about is we need a bounce back game from Watson because you know in the first game Watson went four of eleven um and he was influenced by, how do you pronounce the last name, Quath, right? Quath had seven blocks in that game. So Kirk I don't know. Say it again? I just said, I like saying his name, Kirk Quath. Yeah, Kirk Quath. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know what you do on the offensive end if you're Providence, because feeding it down low to Watson with Quath on him didn't work the first game. So, like, maybe we implement a lot of pick and rolls, pick and pops to get him guarding in space. Um, we tried doing that a little bit with Nunji, and Nunji did a great job of recovering and blocking shots. So it'll be interesting to see what we do because um, he's was the X factor in the game again, the first game against Marquette. And we got to figure out a way to exploit him a bit. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I do see a bounce back game from Nate Watson. First and foremost, you got to remember that Lewis, uh, I mean, Lewis is so talented. I don't think it will matter as much. But um, uh, Kirkworth and um, the other guy, Ego something. <laughs> I'm blanking um, on something. Oh, Ego, Ego, Ego Daro. Ego Daro. Yeah. Well, those guys are young. And I think um, it's one thing to play. I, I've always ha- held this belief. It's like in the NBA, you look like in the playoffs – the role players seem to play well at home and then it doesn't translate on the road. I think that's sim- I think something similar can be said in the college game where role players, young players, especially play better at home than on the road. Um, I think that will happen here. I, I honestly don't think Lewis, I, I'm not, lumping Lewis into this, but those other two guys, I don't foresee them having as big of an impact as they did in the first game. Um, And I think Watson is going to learn from the last game. I think Cooley found it as a teaching moment for him. So Mm -hmm. um, 
coming off the zero, I, I expect him to have at least 15 points in this one. Yeah, and uh, I agree. I think he's due for a bounce back. Um, you forget how you forget how talented he is offensively, and just because again we have a really versatile team, so we don't need him to dominate. But it'd be nice to see him have a nice bounce back and, and lead us to a victory. Another thing I'm thinking about is this kid Cam Jones. He's he's a sharp shooter from deep. I think he hit the first game four threes against us. He is a sniper from deep. Let me look at his stats right now. To, uh, to well, you do though. I will say again. 39% from three, though. Like, that's easy. Spicy. That's spicy. Yeah. So, like, you know, I know he's not the focal point when you're playing defense, but you can't give him open looks because he'll he'll yeah. bury them. And he has a gunner's mentality, too. But, again, though, another young guy, right, I believe? Yeah, he's a freshman. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll see. It, it, you know, I think another thing, Providence did such a good job on Kunkel and Nate uh, Johnson. At Xavier, I think I think they'll, they'll hone in on shooters for sure. Um, you know, it, yeah. So I mean, I think those are the biggest keys to the game, really. Um, I don't see anything else. I mean, this streak started with Providence. This is my mantra: the streak started with Providence. Let's have it end with Providence. There we um, go. Prediction-wise, I'll go first. Yep. I honestly think this game is going to be a celebration. Do you remember the 2020 COVID year that we were robbed? Um, I, I remember, trust me. Yeah, of course you remember. But do you remember we had that hot streak, most wins ever in a single month against ranked opponents? We capped it off with a game against DePaul at the dock. Yeah. And Providence blew them out of the water. Now, listen, I know Marquette's more talented than that DePaul team that we had played then. Um I know Marquette's got it rolling. But honestly, I think this is going to be a celebration of what happened uh, at Xavier. I think Providence is going to respond big time. I see them winning by at least 20 points. By at least what? 20 points. You heard me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what's your what your prediction is what? What, like 81-61? I mean, you just gave me my prediction. But, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Right. I'll start there. It could be higher. I honestly think this team's going to come out ready. I really do. I. Oh man, um, you've been pretty good with predictions this year, so I'm not even going to mock that. Um, no, I did miss the Xavier game. We both did. So I know. Um, I, I will go seventy-six, seventy-three, Providence. Okay. So um, you think yeah, it's a point mean, victory too? I mean, well, I, I think you might be closer than me because we haven't been able to blow out anyone all year. So, <laughs> except that the Paul game, and we yeah. only won that game by seventeen. We should have won that game by like a million points. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, we'll, so say we win, we beat twenty-one Xavier, twenty-two Marquette. We are eighteen and two. Where are we in the rankings come Monday? Uh, I'm, I'm in with you now. I think top 10 has to be, or that's crying shame because I mean, you look around the country, um, you know, teams that are above province right now, USC lost to Stanford, uh, Texas tech lost. Yeah. Michigan state Um, lost. Yeah. And then they ended up pounding Michigan today, but you got some teams that have lost this week. 
it's not like crazy, but yeah, I mean, Michigan, you're right. Michigan state lost with to Illinois without Coburn and, and Corbello. That's like a massive, like that's losing five games. I think the way people have talked about injuries this year, I think that's equivalent to losing five games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, they should absolutely be a lock for the top 10, especially if they win this one. And if they win it in convincing fashion, I think they will be. But regardless, if they win, I think we're still going to get disrespected and it'll be another thing where we get annoyed. Well, I think we'll be, we'll be ranked like 12th. Uh, that won't be too, too bad. I mean, I mean, an 18, 18, and two, 18 and two <laughs> team with two wins against ranked teams, one on the road, and you, you should be – if you took away oh, yeah. it's a top 10 resume. It's a top 10 resume. I mean, I would, I would say it's... on, on, uh, Island college basketball brought up some wacky ass analytic number that actually likes us. Uh, it's called winning win against bubble. Wob. Is that what they call it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, <clears throat> Providence ranks fifth in the country in that stat. And the other big boys are up there. Gonzaga, Auburn, Purdue. Well, that's why I that's why I say you got to trust the analytics. They always tell you yes. the truth. Yeah, yes. you always trust the analytics. Well, you that's, liked a different one. That was another analytic that had us as five. Yeah, like, it was like a, a different stat. RPI or something like that. I forget. Yeah. It was something that used to be used. I don't think it's used anymore. Yeah, but um, um, so what happens? Okay, so let's let's be let's put some cold water on it. Say we lose, where are we ranked? That's tough. I would say I would say we it sounds silly because we want to get road game against a ranked team. And, 19. Yeah, I was gonna say 19 as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing that we gotta look at, and it's kind of funny because I'm so happy. You and I have spoken about this. We're just so happy that this year we don't have to look at the schedule and see, hey, where do we have to win? To make the tournament, we got to go X, Y, and Z over the next seven or eight games or whatever. Yet I found myself the other night in my bed at like 2 a.m. looking through the schedule and seeing what it's going to take for us to win our first ever Big East regular season title. With nine games left, I, I, I put up the poll question. Thank you for all, all the responses. We got a good amount of them. Um, seven and two seem like the answer. Um, seven and two rest of the way. Yes, over which the next makes, time. which makes us fourteen and three. Right, fourteen three and um, twenty four and four. Pretty damn good record. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, honestly that that's a one seed resume. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I um, think we would have to do some work in the Big East tournament, maybe. But yeah. yeah. Um, well, that that means no. Nova would Nova would have to lose um, more than one game in conference, which is definitely possible. Yeah. Rest of the way. Rest of the way. For sure. Um, wait. They would ha- okay. If we, we did that, they would have to lose just one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you look at the stretch right now. So it's Marquette, then I think it's at Georgetown at St. John's, then. Um, then we have, I think we have a little bit of a break, like almost like five or six days or something like that. Well, I think my point is though, the next 
four games, in my opinion, are pretty winnable. Um, all right, I got the schedule. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so we go, we go Johnny's, G-Town, DePaul. DePaul. Okay, so yes, so let's stop there. These next, th- these next four games, including uh, the game against Marquette. So you, you got Marquette at home at St. John's at Georgetown. I got those reversed. Um, then home at DePaul. So those are four winnable games. If you do that, if they do that, I think they will win the Beast. They really do. Yeah. Um, the, the stretch after that is kind of rough. So home at Nova on a Tuesday, 8 p.m. Thank God for the late tip. That's great. It's great. Uh, I might, I might just take the day off after that game. Just yeah, fully send it. Then uh, <laughs> Sunday at Hinkle, not an easy one, but I think Providence should win that game. You got Xavier at home. They're, they'll be looking for some revenge. I, I think it'll be a tough battle, but once again, I, I saw us winning at home in that game and losing on the road. So I think we might sweep, but we'll see. We will see. Then you got Creighton at home, and then you're at Nova Tuesday, March first. Um, so, so yeah, I think if you win these next four, that puts you in a position where you literally just have to take one from Nova and the crown is yours. Yep. So it's ours for the taking, but a lot, a lot left. Certainly a lot left. Um, yeah, obviously. And listen, I'll be honest. Friends of mine, the shark from theater and college basketball always loves to point out that the Friars have yet to win a Big East regular season title in their existence. Um, and I, I've always told them I don't care about it. I'd rather make the tournament go on a run in the tournament than win the stupid Big East regular season title. I'd rather win at MSG, cut down the nets at MSG, than win a Big East regular season title. Yet here we are. We're getting there. We have a real chance to do it. I want it. I want it bad, BOC. I want it. I just want it. Well, it's, we'll see, man. It's ours for the taking. So, uh, got to take it one game at a time, though. The old sports cliche. For sure. And that starts next on Sunday against Marquette, 1230 tip, FS1. I'll be there. Hope to see you all there. Um, I guess that wraps up another episode of the Province Crier podcast. Keep, you know, following along, follow the blog, theprovincecrier.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Province Crier. BOC is at BOC all day. We'll get our preview out. We'll get a recap out. We'll do it all for you. Uh, and hopefully we get those shirts too. So <laughs> until next time, Friar Tom, have a good one. See, see you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, eh. Crossover, I might throw the alley-oop. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, ayy Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Ho, ayy I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage Any team we bump into, we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah